0: Hello, Lewis fans, and welcome to the Mere C.S. Lewis podcast.
1: My name is Thornton. And my name is Andrew. And we are two brothers who enjoy C.S. Lewis and want to take themselves and others on a journey through his writing. Yeah, so some of you all
0: who might have heard some of our earlier podcasts are probably wondering uh, where Taylor is. and um, But yeah, Taylor is uh, a little busy with uh, some other life things right now. So my other brother, Andrew, is uh, graciously joining us for, for this led, led of our journey. So, Andrew, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, my name's Andrew. I'm a Libra, which should tell you everything you need to know about me. Uh, but in all seriousness, no. Um, I graduated from Liberty University in a, with degrees in human resources and marketing, and now I am a youth pastor um which is not human resources and marketing but i'm loving it all the same
0: well i guess in some ways i guess you are very much concerned with human capital that's and, true and you are very much i guess having to i guess evangelism is sort of like the kind of marketing if you will
1: you, yeah sometimes it's a little too much like that but <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah. It, there there are, there are definitely some similarities yeah. You know. Cool.
0: And I just, yeah, also for those who listen to the Mere Christianity podcast, at the end of that one, we had mentioned how the next episode would be the miracles. Well, we decided to call an audible and because uh, miracles is much longer of a book than I realized. (laughs) And so need a little bit more time to read and digest it. uh, But also thought that Lewis's essay and learning in wartime was very applicable to to our time now where, here i just i just in 2021 in the midst of a pandemic uh it's a sort of global crisis the same way world war II was so learn um thinking about the scholarly life or uh learning or just pursuing culture in the midst of a crisis how how, how do you do that so i thought this essay would be
1: Uh, Good to explore.
0: But yeah, Andrew, would you like to go ahead and just uh, start us off with the background and context of the essay?
1: I would love to. Um, So listeners, this essay was first preached on uh, October 22nd of 1939. That is nearly two months after Britain declared war on Germany. Now, as you can imagine, there was uh, much unrest. I mean, people didn't know what they were doing, and especially on on a college campus and, and among students, um, you know, you have this group of just zealous individuals that that want to change the world. They're told they can change the world, and so they're trying to make sense of things. And um, I can imagine. I know at at Liberty, uh, and I can imagine it was the same same way at William and Mary, Thornton, that you start to think that, that what you're doing there is pointless. Yeah. You know, like, you, you think, oh, I need to actually go out and change things, right? Like, knowledge is only a means to an end and not an end of itself, which mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis would patently disagree with in this essay. Yeah, I, I think he said that it's,
0: yeah, it's sort of both. It's not either right, or. Old. Right, um, yeah Yeah, I think that... yeah and we'll get to this uh yeah more later yeah he was saying that our path of knowledge or the scholarly life is a is like a path to the divine uh either for others or for yourself then then it is valuable right and um so yeah so yeah that that's certainly i I think yeah good line to take and yeah something for us to consider yeah like you're saying like in college it's sometimes it's, it's very easy to sort of think like what's the purpose of this or or am I wasting my time? Um, and so, and Lewis gives you some good uh, things for Christians to think
1: about and chew on with that question. And I think that question's only heightened when you have a guy like Hitler knocking on your door. <laughs> yes. You know, because for me, it's like, oh, I want to go, you know, get my job and, and start, you know, climbing that ladder. And for them, they're like, no, like there's a, an evil man who needs to be stopped.
0: Yeah. So, as as Andrew said, yeah, the uh, the essay was was actually a sermon at first, and it was preached uh, at the invitation of the vicar of Saint Mary's in Oxford, which is one of the churches in the middle of in the middle of the university or in the middle of the town. And the vicar had read Lewis's Pilgrim's Regress and really appreciated it. And yeah, and if you want to listen to our Pilgrim's Regress episode, you you can. I just learn a, uh, more about why everyone loved it so much. During this time, Lewis was also writing the the problem of pain, and that, and he was asked to write the problem of pain because the publisher had read Pilgrim's Progress as mm. well, and the vicar also thought Lewis was just the man for the job because he was a don at Oxford, but also a uh, a veteran of of the First World mm, War.
1: Yeah. Um, and I love that, that Lewis actually uses Deuteronomy 26, five, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that's the text he uses for the sermon, which says, then you shall declare before the Lord, your God, my father was a wandering Aramean and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. And I, I really like that because, um, yeah, yeah, I can imagine they felt like the little guy at the time, and and maybe he's using this verse to, you know, kind of set that stage to to then say, okay, well now what?
0: And I guess yeah. We'll go ahead and jump into the, the overview of the text. Yeah, so yeah, Lewis opens up the essay by describing the the purpose of a university and it's it's seeming incongruence mm. with with war uh, he asks quote, "Is it not like fiddling while Rome burns
1: I think he says to answer this that Christians must place the the question next to other questions that they must ask themselves during peacetime, such as why waste time on art or math when everyone is advancing to either heaven or hell right like the just because you know war, as as he'll mention, like shows you the stakes. But with the reality mm-hmm. of heaven or hell, like the stakes never mm-hmm. changed. You know, it's just our yeah. yep. uh, awareness of the stakes changes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for yeah, for Christians, yeah, you're right. I like, think the things, a lot of things, or everything is pretty much the same it's yes yeah, for non-christians where uh think yeah things have uh shifted or um sure or have been recalculated if you will yeah so to be bothered by the war but not this question of heaven or hell is to be ruled by nerves and emotions and, and not by reason lewis says yeah he goes and gives one of the biggest lessons from the essay and when he says quote the war creates no absolutely new situation. It simply aggravates the permanent human situation so that we can no longer ignore it. And that that is probably one that is one of if not my biggest takeaway yeah. from this entire essay. So it's like and it's just kind of like this pandemic is one aspect of this of this fallen world. And we've we've certainly lived through pandemic or the humanity has lived through pandemics before. Um and so, so this isn't necessarily new. Maybe some of the, the modes and consequences are are unique, but it it still just shows us that that we are living in, in a oh one hundred percent.
1: Lewis does go on to say that you know no time period has gone on without a crisis, right? No time period has been normal. And personally, I I one hundred percent agree with this because I feel like every generation looks at the next one and says what happened to y'all you know like i can't believe mm-hmm. y'all y'all are the the worst ones and um it's it's kind of funny every every generation thinks they're living in the end times um
0: yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah i've been doing some i've been learning about church history and there was like a slew of people in like the 1800s who yeah thought they were yeah living
1: in, right. in the right i times. mean paul says it himself oh. right like he i mean you can tell by the way he writes the New Testament. He thinks he's in, living in the end times. Um, and mm-hmm. it's ironic if you actually go all the way back to Adam and Eve. They think they're living in the mm-hmm. end times. Um, and this is without the prophecies. This is how they, they talk about um, the birth of their children. When uh, when Seth is born mm-hmm. afterward, they're thinking like like this is the child that that God just promised us in the garden, not realizing God's talking about Jesus um and mm-hmm. so like every culture every generation thinks that that they're the ones living in the quote-unquote in times mm-hmm. and you know I've, every generation has has their struggles right like whether it's world war ii yeah. or vietnam or um for us let's say it's this pandemic or people are saying we're going through a cold mm-hmm. civil war right now you know every generation has to stand up and um, and make some some tough choices about what they believe um because it's not just about you know putting off merely cultural activities but you know people always have to pursue higher things in the midst of chaos otherwise we just fall into nihilism
0: yep. yeah and, yeah yeah lewis yeah, talks about that later that in, in the essay where yep yeah, there there's always been people working like looking at the stars mm. in the middle of a siege or He says, quote, they propound mathematical theorems in beleaguered cities, conduct metaphysical arguments and condemn cells, make jokes on scaffolds, discuss the latest poem while advancing to the walls of Quebec, etc. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, he says like that, that's sort of like what humans are is they're, they're pursuing things that bring them joy or pleasure or meaning, even in, in the midst of, of, um. I guess chaos and uh, yeah, I guess pain. Yeah.
1: And I think that that's part of just part of that. I think is how we're wired. You know, like I think this is it's not coincidence, or even I don't I don't even think it's a defense mechanism that we do this. I think it's like part of our design that we long and search for beauty and we long and search for knowledge
0: as Lewis says like yes yeah, for some people that that is the 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 path to I guess the the divine. right
1: right um, mm-hmm. and and I think that that sometimes and, and I know we're about to go into this but I think it's the perfect segue that when we get so focused on I don't know the the chaos itself that we we actually end up mm-hmm. in more uncontrolled chaotic places. Um. So what what did he mm-hmm. uh what did he say like about like the drowning man or
0: yeah the yeah I guess yeah later on yeah he gives an analogy of of a lifeguard and says that the, the rescue of drowning men is a is a duty worth dying for but right. not worth living for. Yeah, and that that uh quote has has stuck with me the the past couple of days and weeks after after reading it as I'm just sort of thinking like, yeah, like, yeah, you you can die for something, but that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that any that activity or that thing um, has a right to your whole self or your I guess your whole day-to-day life. Um, and yeah, Lewis talks about, or just references where Jesus was talking about render unto Caesar, what is Caesar's and what unto God, what is God. So like, yeah, you might need to serve in the army uh, because that is what is required of you by the state. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to make your entire life about the army or your entire life, every, every moment about, um yeah, the the, the right. country and something. i think
1: you know and and, oh. and he also compares this to like saving souls right like um and also to war right when you have this big thing that is so chaotic mm-hmm. and uncontrollable that to double down on control is the opposite mm-hmm. of everything you need to do right like if you're saying well because nothing matters more than saving souls or maybe you're not christian so you're saying nothing matters more than climate change or this war we're in front of then that has to be the thing we all hone in our focus for and i think i think that overestimates the amount of control we have in these situations right like as a youth pastor i can tell you you don't have any control over someone's salvation, right? Like you can say the right things in the Mm -hmm. right way and, and, and not make a a single mistake in a sermon, right? And you can have the perfect relationship Mm -hmm. with a person and, and be so loving and kind and Mm -hmm. gracious and just show them who Jesus is. And then they can still look you in the eye and say, it's not for me. So like Mm -hmm. you, you just don't have that control. So I think it just drives you mad to to you know try and you know put your hands around something that, that are not meant for your hands.
0: Yep. And, and, and,
1: and how are you saying that that? Well, so when Lewis, when Lewis is talking about, you know giving your entire life to drowning men, right? Like it's, it's putting your, your entire life into something you, you can't really control. Right. Like you, you don't decide when, when people, you know, start to drown, you don't decide, you know, that you're there at the right time, right. You can have all the right skills and not be there at the right time. And, um, and just because you know how to save a drowning man, doesn't mean you can save the next one. Um, and so I think there's, there's an illusion of of control that, that we try to double down on because it seems easier than faith.
0: I understand a little bit better yeah. where you were going with that thought. Um,
1: but I think that that um, dying for not worth living for is also similar to to what, to kind of backtrack a little, what he says here, mm-hmm. and on my book, it's page 57. Um, <laughs> yep. Classic pastor. Um, but the... here's what he says he says this is the great difficulty as the author of theologica germanica says we may come to love knowledge our knowing more than the thing known to delight not in the exercise of our talents but in the fact that they are ours or even in the reputation they bring us every success in a scholar's life increases this danger if it becomes irresistible he must give up his scholarly work. The time for plucking the right eye has arrived.
0: Well, yeah, I guess yeah, living for something that yeah it is not devoted right. to to God. Um, because yeah, Lewis says like, uh, that neither and he says quote conversion nor enlistment will obliterate our human life. End quote. So like yeah, there's yeah even when. You have done this radical change, or like sort of pledged allegiance to something. Like you still have to, yeah, have right. breakfast, or still have to go to work. Like you still have your your quotidian, tedious daily life. Um, Lewis Lewis says that the the point of Christianity is just to sort of reorder those things in a in a in a different way right. for supernatural ends. Um, but you, you're still left with those day to day things. Um, and then, yeah, then that's when he was talking about how, yeah, so you can, you can be worth, you can die for religion or die for country or, or die for whatever. Theoretically, you can die for whatever you want to, but it's, um but maybe not what you should necessarily like devote your right
1: life to. Yeah. It, it says here so, on page 51, right, that he says, Before I became a mm-hmm. Christian, I do not think I fully realized that one's life after conversion would inevitably consist in doing most of the same things one had been doing before
0: mm-hmm. yeah and I, I wish i had known that or read that right years ago because yeah because i i had felt in in when i was in the army this i guess guilt of sorts that like i was not mm-hmm. devoting more time to the army because it's like when because as you can imagine when when you're in the military you have the even if you're several layers removed, you have the thought like, "Oh wow, like I I am protecting the nation, or like people are depending on me, to, to help them sleep at night." Like obviously, like I said, there there's several layers removed, and um, you might have different circumstances where you're not directly doing that, but you're preparing to do that. And but yeah, but I found myself like, "Hey, like I want to sit here and read a, a fun book, or I want to." go on a vacation and 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 i certainly did but i did have like a little bit of guilt about it sometimes um and so i yeah this this thought is is i guess super helpful for i guess what i would have, would have been in but i can imagine for anyone who i just maybe even frontline workers and during this pandemic just knowing that even though like there's a ton of need like you still need to sort of like take a break and um, let the let the other parts of your life breathe for yeah, for a
1: absolutely. I mean, I think we put a pressure on ourselves to kind of live in a perpetual state of like enlightenment, or um, always live in sort of this elated mindset where we're supposed to always feel this high of the Holy Spirit, which I think is really mm-hmm. fallacious and and not actually how God has designed. Our, our everyday life right mm-hmm. um and what's interesting is i don't know if c.s lewis says it this way but for the christian there is no sacred or secular right there's only sacred um mm-hmm. so you can you know mm-hmm. invite god into the the normal things of your life as paul was saying do all things in word or deed to the glory of god
0: the dovetailing on that yeah lewis says in the sermon how um uh, yeah, all activities and sort of what what you were saying or talking about, is, yeah, like all activities can can do that, and not necessarily just cultural activities like like music or art or something. Like he he specifically has a quote where Lewis says the work of Beethoven and the work of a charwoman becomes spiritual on precisely the same condition, yeah. that of being offered to God. But yeah, then so then. After I guess everything we've sort of talked about, Lewis sort of uh shifts gears a little bit and also details how Christians need to be educated so that they can meet non Christians yeah. on, on their own ground. Um,
1: yeah, and that's so you know Christians can counteract, you know, bad knowledge or bad theories with good ones. You know, if there was and I think the way he says mm-hmm. it is like if there was no bad philosophy, we wouldn't need good philosophy. But so but, but Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If all, if everyone in the world were, were Christians, it wouldn't matter <laughs> right. if we were all idiots. Right. We case. all just happen to be idiots anyway. Um, but the, mm-hmm. I think that that's actually super interesting. Um, because, mm-hmm. and, and, and again, I understand where people come from with this, right? Like you sort of get into this paradox of sorts. Where the authority of God has authority no matter what, right? Like it's not just assumed Mm -hmm. authority. It's legitimate authority because it's God. But in a Mm -hmm. conversation with people who don't necessarily adhere to the authority of the Bible, quoting the Bible is not persuasive, right? And I think sometimes we have the Mm -hmm. right arguments, like we're correct with – at the expense mm-hmm. of being persuasive. And and I think mm-hmm. that that that's a skill that really needs to be learned in the church currently is how to tell the the truths of the Bible so that those truths can be persuasive mm-hmm. and then work on the authority that it, it genuinely has.
0: Yeah, sometimes I just think you just need to translate it into uh, right. culturally understandable terms. Um, yeah, just yeah, and I think that's one of the great things about Lewis, that in in this essay, but in, all, in almost all of his works, he is just right. such a great communicator. Um, and it just, you understand what he's talking about, and it's clear, and it just, and then because, yeah, we, we, we believe it's truth, it just sort of strikes us uh, just right. on such a deep level. Damn. And uh And yeah, and Lewis also says, yeah, we need to become educated because especially about history, because we can't right. study the future. So the, the best way to sort of prepare for the future is to just sort of study the past and see how people wrestled with uh, problems of the past and what assumptions they used. And uh, yeah, that is the best way to prepare for.
1: And I, that's well, one reason I'm super come. excited that we'll eventually get to, you know, present concerns. Um, which I got for my birthday, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited about that. Um, but that is Lewis just going through the present concerns of his day and flipping through it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, so we've gone nowhere. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, these mm-hmm. 100% are the things we're dealing with now. It's just, you know, replace, you know, some of the things around the edges, but the, the heart remains the same. And then yeah, Lewis
0: Lewis does say that there are some unique things to war. And he, he says that there there are three enemies that the the war wages against the scholar. Um and then yeah, he in Lewis talks about uh I guess sort of the scholar's response to to the Yeah, three so the enemies. first one's
1: excitement, um, which makes sense. We actually kind of talked about it at the beginning of this. Um but like that—that that eagerness for for students, because he's talking to college kids, right? That that eagerness for students yes. to to just like, you know, get out of the the classroom and, and get into the fight and, and change the world, and um, you know, it's. I think we kind of romanticize new, right? We romanticize what's next, mm-hmm. what's new, what's fresh. Um, and when you're in a classroom, and mm-hmm. everything outside of the classroom seems new and fresh but what what's mm-hmm. interesting is that um he he says it here right like that war is not a new enemy but an aggravated old one um which is super yep. super cool because one of my favorite like phrases that another a, a friend of mine who's also a pastor he uses is that the answer we need is not a new one, but a really, really old one.
0: Yeah. And Lewis says, yeah, the, the second enemy is frustration or or what we would uh, call uh, FOMO Mm -hmm. today or the fear of missing out. Yeah. And uh, Lewis says a Christian response is, is leaving the future in God's hands and, and knowing that no matter how long you are on this earth, you will never have enough time to accomplish everything. And that, that is something I sort of, um, came to yeah, realize personally I guess about uh, a, a year, year and a half ago um, and it just sort of li- like Dave, I just took mm. a huge weight off my shoulders because I love, as you know, I love reading and love studying and I, I jokingly <laughs> told people that a goal in my life is to know everything um, which I obviously is, is right. impossible <laughs> but I certainly will die trying uh, but uh, but yeah, just just knowing that, like, hey, like, whenever I I do die, it it is I guess it is all right, and that like it's right. Like there, it is inevitable that I will miss out on something, but that I won't miss out on everything, and and yeah, it's sort of it's it's in God's hands, and 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 then that like he like what and and this was another Lewis thought that sort of helped me with this, or come to this place of not worrying about FOMO, but just knowing that like what I'm actually looking for or what I yeah. actually enjoy about learning and stuff, I, I, I can find in God.
1: But the third mm-hmm. enemy is fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lewis asks, you know, what should we be afraid of? You know, we all die anyway. So war doesn't make it any more frequent. You know, he he doesn't think that that we actually fear dying sooner mm-hmm. rather than dying later, because in the moment of death, He says, we don't think about how many years we have behind us. Yeah.
0: And yeah, Lewis also doubts that we we really fear a painful death because, yeah, like when you think about like a natural death is usually preceded preceded by suffering. Like you think about cancer and pain people go through and and, 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 in a lot of ways, maybe not every way, but in a lot of ways, the battlefield is one of the few places (laughs) where you can reasonably (laughs) expect a painless death. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Lou says what we fear is is death itself, it, because and and because war forces us to to remember it and to remember and especially for non Christians who who don't who who I guess who, who might have for I guess for non Christians who might have different hopes or different ideas about mm. the the afterlife and uh, don't know exactly how how to process it. Um. So yeah. But I guess, yeah, before I just would go on, like, I, I'm, I kind of take issue though with, with what he was saying about the, the fear of dying sooner. Um, because I, I don't know, like, I, I feel like a lot of people feel fear dying sooner. Um, because yeah, like I, I think on, on some level, some people are, are fine dying when they're older because they've, they've lived a long life and they're tired, um, and they just sort of want to move on, where those who are younger, I guess, maybe in in their actual dying moments, they feel differently, but feel like some of them don't want to die because they just, I guess, maybe it goes back to the the frustration thing. They don't want to miss out on all the other stuff before them. Um, So, I don't know. I kind of disagree with Lewis on that second point.
1: On one hand, yeah, you would think, like, you know the, the younger you are the more you have ahead of you right but i think that that also assumes a hope that people may or may not have you know like for the christian you don't fear dying mm-hmm. sooner rather than dying later because you know eternity's just as long at least if if you're a, a christian mm-hmm. who has a, a you know a firm grasp on, on that theology Um, but you know, if you don't have that Mm -hmm. hope, then it's, it's interesting because I think it's true, but for different reasons, like, I don't know if the teen suicide rate has ever been higher. Um, and, and, you know, the suicide rate in general Mm -hmm. is is skyrocketed. Um, and I think there's sort of a, an air of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's our culture. Maybe it's, Maybe in other cultures, instead of actually committing suicide, they were self-destructive in different ways. I, you know,
0: um, you're right. I guess I was assuming a hope there, um, and I guess yes. I guess some people, yeah. If, if you don't have hope, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, you, you don't fear missing out on the future. It's, so, yeah, I, yeah. I guess, yeah, um, yeah, yeah that's but a good
1: point. Uh, Lewis also, so, you know, he talks about. That that remembrance is actually a good thing, um, because all of our animal life and, and our schemes for happiness, focused on this world, we're always doomed to a final frustration, right? Like, I think war, what it does is it it puts into perspective the meaning of a lot of things, and so when you, when you, mm-hmm. kind of. You know, get those smelling salts from war that kind of open your eyes to like, oh, well, this was never going to make me happy. You know, like this was never going to actually fulfill what I was what yeah. I was hoping to fulfill. This was just buying time.
0: and Lewis yeah, can, sort of concludes the essay, yeah, by saying that if 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 we thought, and, and this is sort of yet yeah, to your point, which you're just making, Andrew is. If we thought or wanted to use culture right. or knowledge or whatever to sort yeah. of build up a heaven on earth, then then war shatters that that note. Um, but if, if the learned life, humbly offered to God, was a small way to the quote divine reality or or quote divine beauty, which we enjoy to, to hope in in heaven or the hereafter, yeah. Well, yeah. we can. St- he's Lewis says we can still think that. And and I think that yeah I think that is yes that is all he concludes it so it's obviously his main point and so I and so I think that's that's what he's trying to say I don't think he's he was trying to advise the students he was right preaching to that like hey don't don't join the army like you like you are more valuable as as a student here than in the army I, I think he is certainly not saying that nor is he saying like hey everyone needs to rush out right Right. now and sign up because the devil is at our our door and we need to save Christian civilization. I I think his his point is, Hey, if, if, if the country says it is more important for you to uh, serve um, in a war, then, then that is what we need to do. But uh, until then, or if, if those, if there are people who have been given the opportunity to study here, then, you don't need to feel bad or feel like you're not right uh, you're not i guess doing your duty
1: yeah definitely he's not saying that war is a good thing but i do think he is saying it's not a pointless thing
0: and even in the midst of of the evil and chaos right uh, you can still find meaning in in other areas well, listener, thank you for joining us on this letter of the journey. I know it was a little bit different this time with combining the overview of the text with our thoughts and analysis.
1: Um, and we hope that, that you can have and will enjoy reading it as well. Uh, in the next episode, we will actually be sharing why I'm not a pacifist.
0: And yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. And for you listeners, if you want to connect with us, we are on Twitter at Mir Lewis. Uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Hear hear where we messed up. Hear your thoughts on what we're thinking and um, you know, on Lewis himself. And yeah, thanks. And we'll we'll see you all next time.